we are the people that have to try to find a better solution. But until we do, I'm not going to care about the people who loot. And also, I think you're under this impression that a riot gets social media planned. No, it's it's a group of angry people that get together, tempers ball over, and all of a sudden, like Razio said, a window gets broke, people get a temper start flaring, and then all of a sudden, a riot breaks out. But it's not something that say, hey, hey, two o'clock tomorrow, y'all, bring your rocks and bricks because we riding. What up, what up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense. I am Tavares Ferguson, joined with my co-host, Buff and Rozzy. Fellas, tell them what's on your mind. A whole lot, man. Uh, Social media timelines are on fire everywhere, man. But uh, I'm sure we probably get into that during the show. But I just want to ask, because I I saw this about a month ago and I wasn't sure. Is Jeff Bezos a trillionaire now? Is that true? I, I, yeah, actually, since a, the uh, market went back up, he went back up. Trillionaire, wow. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. That's that's all I got. I mean, he can thank my wife for some of that money, but <laughs> wow, that's that's wild to me, man. Shoosh. Yeah, I, I actually, that's what I was gonna kind of talk about. Um, is all the the new investors out there? I'm seeing all these investing sites and and groups pop up and everything and. Uh, a lot of novice investors are talking about how they're just making a whole lot of money in the market right now. I just want to say, don't be fooled by this market and that you made money in this one. The market right now is just out of whack. What it's doing versus what the underlying like signals are telling investors just it, it's not doing the, the the actual thing that most uh, like professional investors would say. Okay. I need to be investing. And this big run up that we had over the last three months after we had that big drop from COVID uh, is totally outside of the normal realm. And so if you just started in the last couple of months investing and you made a good bit of money, don't think that that's how the market works and don't think that you're going to keep making money like that. And so I'm just I'm throwing a red flag warning you guys that these big rewards that you got, that's great. It, it's a little bit of luck. It's a little bit of skill. You gotta you gotta pick them right because there are stuff that there's there's still stocks that are like losing. But just make sure that you don't lose the farm. Don't go big. Don't keep doubling down because the market's gonna turn eventually, and we never know when that's gonna happen. And so I don't want I don't want you guys losing a whole bunch because you started small, you made a good bit of money, uh, and then you go in real hard in two, three months, and then there's a huge downturn. So just be careful is all I'm saying. And 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 make sure you play play your bets where you're ready for a downturn uh, and you can get out or at least you hedge your bets a little bit so that when that downturn comes, you're ready for it. So is this a crypto all over again? Almost. Yeah, yeah. Like the market, the market is inflating. Like you got to think about it like this. We are at a 25% unemployment, over a trillion dollar deficit, 22, 23 trillion dollars in debt by the United States. Companies are 
losing money. Like they're they're not hitting their goal estimates. They're off by like 30, 40%. Some companies have lost revenue almost 50% to or 100% some companies, but most companies on average have lost about 50% of their revenue over the last two to three months. Like earnings reports next quarter are going to be horrible. So, and, and all of that, and then we're at record high stock prices. Like that doesn't make sense. That's what I mean by when you look at the price to everybody's earnings over the last two, three quarters, it doesn't make sense. And I understand the stock market looks forward. And so what they're anticipating is a quick recovery. People are going to go back out, start spending. Everything's going to be hunky dory. And, and, you know, Trump says June 1st, we know that's not going to happen, but even over the next quarter or two, but most economists are talking about, we're not going to be back to normal for 2021, 2022. It's going to take that long for us to get back to our normal spending habits. Like, I, I know we look at us, even if they open up, we're not going to just be like, oh, yeah, let me just go back to my normal day to day like I normally been doing. Like, we just aren't. My job is basically like you're you're at home through the end of the year, probably the end of next year. Uh, so that that's less gas that I got to do. I'm not eating out as much like there are things that a lot of people are going to the their new normals of working from home and companies seeing that people can work from home, that's going to change a lot of the dynamics there. So it's, it's, it's not going to be this V shaped recovery as they call it, this quick recovery. That's not going to happen. So the, a a recession is being signaled anyway, just because of the debt and everything that we've had, like, and also after every Republican sitting last 35 years, we've had a, a recession anyway. So it's going to come. Uh, it's just a matter of when. Uh, so I'm just saying, be careful. I, d- I don't want anybody to lose the farm. I don't want anybody to go all in on their little stock side stock thing that they're doing. Uh, and then they, they end up losing their entire savings and stuff like that because they went all in. So just just be careful. So do I need to pull my money out now or? I, I I I will never tell you to pull it out the same way. Like I, I think last time, right as the uh, market was going down, you guys were asking that, and I was like, I don't want to be the one to tell you to pull it out because it can come back up. Because and that's exactly what happened. So I don't want to be like, oh yeah, pull it out. What I'm telling you is just watch and be very very watchful. Uh, the market ended up down today. It's Thursday as we record. The market was down today, but it may bump back up tomorrow. So it it, it I think it's going to stay up for a little while. But um, it's probably not going to go much higher and it's going to be a downturn, in my opinion, over the next month or two. You'll start seeing a little bit of it as earnings reports come out. uh, You'll see a little drop. And then I think second quarter earnings, everybody already kind of know they're bad, but we're opening back up in third quarter. So I think third quarter earnings, when they come out in the middle of fourth quarter, that's when you'll start seeing a big downturn because people are going to see that that V-shaped recovery is not happening. It's not a quick recovery. And so then it'll, you know, people are going to, I think there's going to be a little bit of panic. So think, just be really, really watchful in the third quarter, uh, middle of fourth quarter. I think for me, I think that's when it's going to start. Uh, start. The Dow and the S&P finished up today, didn't it? Or did it take the last couple of hours? Because when I It last... tanked the last a couple of hours. Okay. It, it, was, it yeah. wasn't down much. I think it was down like 100 points. When I looked at my account earlier today, because I'm still in recovery mode, you know, uh, I invested right before everything happened. 
And so a week into COVID, my portfolio looked like crap. I made the majority of my gains back, so I'm not too too worried. And I'm in it for the long haul, so. But, you know, still have to pay attention to certain signs and stuff like that. So um, for me, uh, what I really want to talk about is uh, Byron's homeboy, uh, Donald Trump. And 45. Yeah. Good old. (laughs) Good old 45. And what was his executive order he signed today? Oh, yeah. He got mad at social media. Uh, About about Twitter? (laughs) (laughs) He got mad at social media. (laughs) Like that is that is hypocrisy at its best. Yeah. That like I mean, well that's Atlanta what he Sports. is. That's what he is. The guy that always demands an apology, never apologizes. The guy that never wants to be held accountable, wants to hold everybody else accountable. I mean, that's who he is. Yeah, I mean that just had me like, and it was so quick. Like so they he, pissed him off what yeah, Monday he, or Tuesday, and he signed executive order Thursday. Yeah, he's big, big mad. mad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. also with that, the the executive order that he signed really doesn't do much because there's a, already a law in the books. Yeah. So for all he's doing is saying, um, did they? He wants the Justice Department to look. Mm-hmm. Did they go against the policy so that they can lose a lot of their uh, protections and stuff like that? But it, it's it's stupid and it, it it won't hold up. So I, it really is an executive order with no teeth. I'm staying on jump 45. What do you think about his tweets somewhat condoning the, the recent shootings? Shootings or well, the shooting. Um, oh, the another shooting, excuse me. The, uh, uh, the, 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 the neck, the killing, yeah, the murder. Yeah. Um, did yeah. It, what, what did his tweet say? I missed it. Basically. He said he launched the FBI. He, he wants to get to the bottom of this as soon as possible. Like he was actually, Somewhat, it, it, it was almost like a CYA. Like the FBI is already investigating, and all of a sudden, he's the person behind it. <laughs> you know, like I'm here for to the rescue. We got to get into this. We want we want uh, a decision and, and information as soon as possible. Which I just, you know, I I just I just don't buy it. And his outrage, you know, I guess that's him. That's him mad. But I've seen him get. Uh, more upset on more less serious uh, issues on Twitter before. So that really has little to no weight for me. And there was one more thing. One more thing he did this week. I don't, I don't know if it's one more thing, but I know uh, Joe us. Biden, uh, he, he passed that gas on that interview, though. He just let it rip. Allegedly. <laughs> it was a wet one, too. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's all I got about Trump. But, uh, Roger, you said you got something to say about Joe? Yeah, man. Um, I just I'm cool with him just letting it rip on TV like that. Like, I think we need more politicians that, you know, just be like, own it. And if I was an old dude, if I was an old dude that like was on there with them, I probably would have called them out. I was like, oh, oh, that was a- yeah. <laughs> I don't care if it was live. Um, I would I would have made a joke about it. Like that's the thing. It's it's it happens, man. I'm way too sophomore to ignore it. I would have had to say something. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Hilarious. Good old Uncle Joe. Yeah, uh, and your your girl Klobuchar is in some um, had some heat brought onto her too. So. Want to see how that pans out? You know, did she uh, lose her her place as a uh, one of the front runners now? I missed a lot. What the hell did she do? 
Well, you know, they said she um, failed to prosecute the officer in the the killing. Oh, yeah. Like, he did something in 2008, right? Yeah. yeah. And several other situations sim- with similar uh, outcomes. I think he, I want to say it was 2008 or 2011, something like that. So she's coming under heat for that. <laughs> and, you know, basically another way to say, hey, they, 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 don't deserve the, they don't deserve the black vote. So we'll see how that pans out, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, oh yeah, and Uncle and Uncle Joe's uh comments last last week. Oh yeah, you ain't black. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see some funny yeah. memes from that though. <laughs> yeah. Coat oh. yeah. Coat 45. But uh the, the false equivalency angers me. Like, see, Joe is just as bad as Trump. No, that comment is not as bad as some of the things. But it, you know, if that's what you think, go off. Go off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna leave it at this. And I'm so tired of that kind of talk. And what I'm really getting tired is inviting people to the cookout. And um, based on what's been what's been going on and kind of my my anger over the last few days, we need to stop inviting people to the cookout and invite them to the table. Like we need to they need to be at the the table with us when we're discussing these plans and how we're going to get things going right. Like. The cookouts, too, you haven't made it there yet. Yeah. Like they need to be at the planning table with us as we're figuring out our next steps and what we can do and having them truly understand uh, the difficulties of being black in America right now. So I don't care if you can nay nay or do whatever the case may be that gets you invited to the cookout. If you're not actively helping and um, challenging others in your circle that look like you then don't worry about the cookout. Just drop a dish off. You can't stay and eat though. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, come to the table. That the cookout the cookout's that's a cookout. That's a celebration. We haven't made it there yet. I don't know if I want no food from them. They can bring like sodas and desserts and bring, stuff. Like some Fago peach or nah, something like man. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> ain't, no cups, ain't, ain't no cookout. The cups and Ain't no cookout, man. Ain't no cookout. You you did but, study but session. along those lines though, I do want to say and I, I made a post about it. This underscores the importance of voting local and getting somebody in that will enforce these things. Because the thing is, Michigan passed the law that uh, or Minnesota passed the law that said that cops had to intervene uh, if they saw another cop using excessive force. And so that's why the other three cops were fired, along with the one that actually did the murder. So those things are important man like i talked about making sure that you have a da that actually understands you and that empathizes with you and that supports us and and our community like you have to vote local and you got to put somebody in there that's going to do that and if you don't then you 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 have to understand what the outcome's going to be yeah and I'm at that point where I'm um, not only we're we doing local stuff and i'm going to talk about it later on but we need to figure out who's really with us you know, if you're not with us, you're against us. That's, that's kind of my stance right now. And we made a, a post on our, our uh, platform and I, I shared it also on my personal page. And it showed a picture of the officer standing by that didn't, quote unquote, kill the young man, but they were there. So to me, white silence is just as deadly as having a knee on the neck. And that's 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 the problem. We have so many people who feel like they're not part of the problem. I'm not the one out here killing people. I'm not the one out here voting for Trump. I'm not doing this. But your silence is deafening and it's becoming becoming deadly. 
So to me, that was a perfect example of white silence at its best. Could any of those three other three officers have stopped this? Would this not be an issue if somebody else would have stood up? Yes, they didn't put their knee on this person's neck, but they might as well have because they allowed it. And that is my stance now and moving forward. So we have to kind of push more of that change and open dialogue, like making people feel uncomfortable having that conversation. So uh, you hear a lot more angry furry today on the podcast. So anything else, fellas? Now nah, we good. Well, let's go ahead and pay some bills. All right. We're back. Three brothers. No sense. Hopefully, Rizzi lightens the mood with his joke. I hope he has a good one. I don't know if he has a militant joke, though. You got a militant joke for us today, Rizzi? Uh, no. Let me see. Let me see. I might go into my joke bag. <laughs> bag of jokes. <laughs> oh, man. But to our listeners and our followers, we appreciate the jokes that you send, Rizzi. Uh, to me, they're funnier than Rizzi's jokes. So, um, don't tell them I said that, but they're 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 pretty good. So, Razi, what you got for us? All right, yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna go with uh, the one I had planned because I don't have any real militant ones, but um, it's a it's a pretty simple one today. So, uh, why did the super, superhero get arrested? Because he was robbing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. You know, but. Oh. But it's hard to get Whoa. it's hard to get mad because the kangaroo one, it was yeah. it was bad, but it was good. And then I think the week before, so he he's 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 done pretty well overall the last month and a half. So we got <laughs> we got to cut him some slack. Don't tell me that that, that one was a good one. Uh, I, 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 I snickered real hard when Sophia brought that one to me. So <laughs> I'm telling you, man, so, Sophie's my ghostwriter. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna blame her. That's you ain't about to throw my goddaughter under the bus. Right. Well, y'all, y'all ain't not laughing at me. Y'all are not la- y'all are actually not laughing at Sophie. So you trying to you ain't gonna throw that guilt trip on me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, next week, Sophie's asking it. Sophie's bringing a joke. And I, that's what I want to see. My money's on Sophie. He gave us a he gave us a two for last week, too, matter of fact. So Yeah, the antibody, yeah, they, they the antibody was, was a big hit. Uh, I was surprised yeah, that was with that good. one. That was pretty good. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, yeah, well so, done, Rosie. Well done, bro. Thank you, thank you. You get a participation ribbon from me. <laughs> I can't give you well done. Um, so this is this. My question today is a little. I don't know if it might be a little controversial because uh, I think some people get upset about it. So first of all, my dis- let, let me start with my disclaimer. I'm pissed off that innocent nonviolent black people are being killed in our streets on a consistent basis. So let me start with that. The way, and we kind of hit on this a few weeks ago, the way we respond, I just think we got to do better. So my question is about looting. So, you know, um, is looting really the key? You know, I've heard so many people defend looting as a response to the anger that we feel in our community. And I want to hear your thoughts on that because I feel like I might be on a high horse and condemning people, but I really want to get into this conversation. So who wants to take it away? <laughs> I'm going to let brother Riley go first on this one. 
Uh, uh. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like the rioting is necessary. Mm. And and the biggest reason why I remember I talked a couple episodes ago about MLK and Malcolm and the threat of violence. Mm-hmm. Um, you need that threat of violence to be able to really force a conversation uh, because we do peaceful, peaceful protests all the time and they get no play. Like nobody thinks about when we, when we ran for Ahmad, nobody thought about that, right? Everybody was running and nothing changed. No, you, there was no, Oh my God, we got to make something shape because of everybody out there running. And so I think what's happening is the riot really shows the establishment. It's time to wake up because if this happens again, you got another riot on your hands. If it happens again, you got another riot on your hands. And when you hit them in their purse, when you hit them in their pockets, when these businesses can't stay there, then things start to change. Like the, the, the establishment wants things to be normal. They they like normalcy. They like for everybody to feel safe. And the problem is everybody doesn't feel safe. We don't feel safe. And so when you can walk down that street and feel safe, but I can't, it's an issue. And so now I'm going to make you feel unsafe. I'm going to make it where your neighborhood looks like mine. I'm going to make it where you have the broken windows. And so I know that you're probably going to clean that up way faster than you're going to clean my neighborhood up. I get it. But at the same time, if it happens again, we're going to come back and we're going to break them again. And eventually you'll get to the root cause of it and stop killing us and we'll stop riding. So I, I, I think we need it, man. And, and the thing about it is it's because it's boiled over. Like we don't riot all willy nilly and and i think that's the that's the mentality idea we're not riding because our sports team won we're not riding because you know we just feel good and it's saint patrick's day and so we just kind of just gonna go do some things that's not our riot our riot is it came from years of holding it in and just like when you hold in your emotions and you hold in your emotions and you eventually explode that's what that riot is it's where we've exploded and you're seeing it and so and we just can't hold it in anymore and and a lot of times those riots it's it's one of those things that it it is there's nothing planned about that so don't think anybody came out and just like yeah we're gonna go out and we're gonna riot what ends up happening is one person goes out and breaks a window. And then another person says, well, they broke the window already. I'm going to grab something. So now another person and another person and another person. And so it ends up kind of snowballing based off of one or two people eventually kind of starting it out. So this idea of what what is the point of rioting, the thing is, that's just a natural reaction of, oh, I need stuff. People are already rioting and looting. Let me get mm. in on this. 
So, it, you know, that that's the other part about it is it, it, it really is just a snowball effect of everything happening, man. And and so I, I I'm I'm for it. Not, um, not on a not on I don't encourage it. So let me let me let me make sure I I frame that when I say I'm for it. I feel like it's needed. Um I I don't encourage it, but when it happens, it 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 I I think it's needed at that moment. It's one of those things that you you never know when it's going to come, but I think it has to happen to to really draw attention. Well, now. So, um I probably I'm going to on the front end say that I don't know if I'm going to say that I think riots are necessary, but I'm also probably going to I'm probably going to contradict myself in my answer by saying that. But well, let me let me ask you guys this. Cause I want, cause I don't. Before you go down there, Rizzy, what was the question I asked? How do we feel about the riots? I said looting. Oh, so I think we confuse looting with rioting a lot. Like we think, oh, we're rioting, let's loot. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I just wanted to make sure I kind of, I kind of distinguish that. But oh, we, can okay. come back and, we can come back and visit that. But yeah. go, I go. mean, I, I talked a little about uh, about how the looting ends up starting at the based end, on that. At the very yeah, end. At the so, end. yeah, I want to go with yeah. that. Let's... Uh, I mean, I, I don't too much care, but I, I'll, I'll just I'll answer both the looting and the rioting because I don't care that much about either when you're talking about what's really going on. So I will never care about a CVS getting burned down more than I will about the life of Freddie Gray. I would never care about Target being looted or, or rioted more than I will about the life of George Floyd. I kind of like what Orazio said in the sense that when he says we need it, I kind of co-signed it a little bit. I know I said I don't want to say that, but, you know, it, it will motivate leaders and mayors to say, hey, man, look, we can't be having this. So when an officer does do something like this. They're going to do everything in their power to make sure that that officer is fired and prosecuted because the reason why you see a lot of this anger is because so many times Amber Geiger, uh, George Zimmerman, I know he wasn't a police officer, but it's all in the same scope. They get off and they get away with it. And so that's where so much of this anger comes from. And that's just recent. We have decades and centuries of this in this country where white people get away with killing black people. And that they they don't matter whatsoever. So when I think about riots and stuff, Tupac fans probably have seen this interview over and over again. But he has an interview where he's saying, well, look, you know, you, you have all these policies where you starve us and you leave us broke. And so we knock at the door and say, hey, you know, we're hungry. Can we have something to eat? And then it goes from that to we start banging on the door. Yo, we hungry. Can y'all please give us something to eat? After after a while, after you didn't ask and bang, you kicking in the motherfucking door with two glocks like, I'm getting something to eat right the fuck now. And that's what the fuck the riot is. You know what I'm saying? So I don't care about the people that criticize and say, oh, my God, they're burning down their own communities and stuff. Oh, my God. What about the jobs of those people at Target? I don't care about people who say that because those are the same people that don't want to give them a raise beyond minimum wage. Those are the same people that don't care if they keep their job, if it means more money out of their pocket. So don't care now when we do something about somebody being killed cold-bloodedly on the streets. Shut the f*** up. Because you were willing to let these people lose their job 
over a few more tax dollars out of your pocket. So don't come around and, and be all of a sudden like you care now. Oh, my God, they're losing our job because you don't give a fuck about those jobs. So shut that bullshit up. And so I don't really have a lot to say on it because so much has been said. And my brother Rizzi said a lot of it already. But that's where we are with the looting and the riot. Target has insurance. The CEO of Target just made $17 million, I think, last year alone. That motherfucker ain't hurting. OK, they can repl- they can replenish every single item in their store and build another one tomorrow. We've all seen how many targets there are across this country. They're everywhere. So I'm not worried about the looting. Tr- tr- truthfully, they probably came out on top because they have insurance for it. <laughs> and so they're going to do an insurance claim on it and they wouldn't have sold it because of the doggone quarantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. But that first of all, Byron, right you had a lot to say because angry Byron uh, might have outdid angry Ferg already. So, <laughs> know. you know, but, you know, to me, like, I get what you're saying. I get it. You know, I'm usually the angry black guy and I have to calm myself down a lot just to get the message across to uh audience that can hear, it, you know, because screaming and nobody's listening is not really communicating. But I, I like what you said, Rizzi, like that threat of violence is necessary. The threat of discomfort is necessary. I'm with that 100 percent. But I feel like we keep in ourselves like we only know one way to do it. And we've proven it's ineffective. Like we've proven it doesn't help us. So burning down our neighborhoods doesn't help. I'm with rioting. So to me, because what happens is we march, marches turn to protest, protest turns to riot, riot turns to looting. Like we got to stop somewhere. To me, let's not let's not riot in Tomanville. Let's not loot in Tomanville. Let's go to Westmobile. Let's go to Sims and do those things and make it uncomfortable for them because we still have to come on because they're not going to fix our neighborhoods. They're not going to do that stuff. And it doesn't. Yes, CVS has the money. But think about it. The people in the neighborhood can't go to CVS for months because CVS has to build. Let's go make them uncomfortable. Let's burn down their CVS. Let's do those things. And to me, the way I draw the line is looting. I don't, you know, like if they go burn down CVS or whatever the case may be or a Target and they take the stuff out of there and they pour gasoline on it, like, hey, we're not trying to we're not trying to come up on this. Because, you know, you were talking about you were knocking on the door because we're hungry and now we want to bust in and get something to eat. We're not eating big screen TVs. It dis- discredits to me. It discredits the message when we have an, when it seems like we have an ulterior motive. Like, yeah, they're mad that this person got killed, but they're okay now because they got a big screen TV. Let's let's burn all the TVs. Like, we don't want your TVs. We want justice. TVs are burnt. Yeah, big screen is nice. Don't get it twisted. But it's like, when you thought you had us, when you were discrediting us, saying we were only doing this to come up, because I feel like there's people that go out there, and you, you, you can disagree or agree, but there's people that go out there because... They know they're about to come up on some of this. And it might be one out of 10 people. But it's like, hey, no, nah, dog, we ain't, we ain't taking nothing. We're leaving it here. Everything's staying here. We're burning everything. We're burning, we're burning Westmobile down. We're burning the nice areas down. We're making it uncomfortable. Like, we're making them face it. And they can't say these black people are trying to take money. Nah, we're not trying to take anything. We're trying to make you uncomfortable the same way we're uncomfortable. I'm angry. I'm with it. Like, and to the people who go out and do those things, hats off to you because I've never done it. I've never been in that situation where I go out and I'm about to riot and stuff like that. And I definitely haven't looted. 
But that's I think that's where we lose it. And so a uh, comparison that was made today, I saw was like, it's like going to school, getting mad at the teacher and coming home, up your house. Like that doesn't help us. That doesn't help my house. Like if Sophie went to school today, got mad at the teacher and came home and messed up the house. What does that prove? If you gonna if you gonna act ass, act ass at school, go burn the school down. Go do those things. I'm not condoning anybody burning any schools down. By anyway, well here, here you know. here's why your argument is problematic. First off, that's not how anger works. Okay, right. anger has anger is like a ticking time bomb. It's like a grenade. You can't hold on to it that that long. So you don't have time. Like we're all familiar with Mobile, Alabama. You don't have t- you're not gonna drive from Pritchard to Sims. And then that's not how anger works. You're going to go to the nearest location. Okay. And the, and the Tupac analogy wasn't literally like, no, you can't eat a TV, but you can sell that TV and get money. But it, it wasn't necessarily specifically for like rioting and looting. It was more so on crime. But I'm just telling you, I was, I was using that analogy to explain how rage and how anger works and how you get frustrated at a system that fucks you over time and time again. So again, I got to reiterate, don't care about the looting. But it's ineffective. I don't. But we've been rioting and looting for years, decades. All like just because that's not how anger works. Kids get angry all the time. We have to figure out a better way. Sophie cannot come home and fuck up the house. But I'm fine with figuring out a better way. And I'm fine with trying to figure out a better way while not caring about looting. To me, looting is what looting is where we fuck ourselves. How we looting fuck, is how, the thing how, that, how, that that's how they how? that's how they discredit everything else. How like, they discredited us the anyway? Day, Martin yeah, Luther King yeah, had a suit but, on and didn't hit anybody back, and they shot him down. People have nine to five honest jobs that never committed a crime. They still shoot him down. So, so I get so that. How at the at the end of the it, day, when you're saying they're, they're two different things. For we're not gonna we're not gonna affect change from a right. So I, then why I, I we get doing that. It? So, so, but, so what's the point? Then what's the point? The, the point the point is to put eyes on you. So to, the, put and, eyes and, and, and do what? And truthfully, and put truthfully, eyes and do what? We're, we're the, making no, it, excuses. No, put no. eyes and do what? You, it's, you're 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 confusing. If people are planning a riot, which that that's not how it works. No, if like Byron says, that anger boils up and a riot like comes, but it's not like people in the background they, at they the go, house like, man, we about to go riot. Like, no. what ends up happening is, like, you talked about a march turns to a protest, protest turns into a march. It's like, it's it's a snowball that happens, okay. but that happens, that's a single instance excuses, that gets eyes that on excuse. there. We know how no. this happens. If we already know how it's going to happen, like, they say tomorrow we're meeting and doing a march for insert black person here. We meet up, we make signs, we do it. We plan for the shit. The shit turns to a freaking riot. We do. But not every time. So you're, you're, you're saying yeah, like every protest turns into a riot. That's not how the Baltimore riots happen at all. Let's go. That's not how the Baltimore riots happen at all. If into a protest, let's, let's go where, if it goes down, it's going down to the right spot. We're going down. Uh, hey, hey, if it's going down. I mean, Fer- to go Fer- down Ferguson was in downtown Ferguson. Baltimore was in downtown Baltimore. And I'm with it. Let's go. Let's go to those areas. But then I think what happens, and my biggest problem, once again, is I can say looting and location. Stop fucking up our neighborhoods because it doesn't help us at all. Two, 
I and I understand the frustration with looting. And I understand, like, like you said, you said it, Rising. Somebody broke a window, then somebody else breaks a window. It's like, oh, there's a TV. Let me get it. Now, now, now it's not about Freddie Gray anymore. You you keep saying uh fing up our neighborhood. Who's lost their home from riots? They're burning down businesses and nobody's burning down their homes. But it's still our neighborhoods. It's like you still those, those are just corporations that you can't, in our neighborhood. That you can't yeah, about. And, 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 and a lot of times you gotta think it's, it's the locality, bro. Like the thing is, think- like Pritchard, if 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 somebody gets killed in Pritchard, I'm not going to Westmobile because Westmobile police didn't do that. But what's going to happen is somebody gets killed in Pritchard. We burn down Pritchard. Them white folk don't give a damn about Pritchard burning down. But I guarantee they will be way more upset if you go start burning down a Westmobile. So then if they don't care, why they always got something to say about it? If they don't care. It's they're they are upset, but they're not uncomfortable. We're the people that wake up the next morning. I think about, I look at do the right thing. They woke up the next morning and they're picking up pieces and the, na- the neighborhood can't, there's parts of the neighborhood that can't function anymore. Like that CVS, that grandma goes to get her uh, medicine at, her prescription at, burnt down. Now she got to drive to Westmobile, go get her medication. Make that white lady who that right. needs to get her prescription to Westmobile drive to Tomanville to get her medication because there's no. Fert, 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 you're, Fert. You're, you're talking. You're 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 describing terrorism. I just want you to throw that. I just want to throw that out there. Um, no, but that, I'm saying that, that is what's called an insurgency. I'm I'm you know my my civil affairs hat going on at so this what, point. What's the, like you're what's, trying to you're trying you're trying to scare populations to change. And that is the difference of a spontaneous riot and a planned terrorism insurgency. So, like, it, let, let's call a spade a spade. If that's what the you're saying, of violence. Let's what happened do to it. a threat of violence? You were just talking about the threat of violence yes, ten minutes yes. ago, but, but it, you, it wasn't hey, premeditated. The thre- the so the threat th- of there's violence a difference that doesn't make other people uncomfortable. They are not uncomfortable when you ride in Tomaville. They're not uncomfortable when you ride in Tomaville or uh, Pritchard. But we, it does not affect them. But we don't. We don't. Give we, we don't. We don't that. need every white person to be threatened by that. All we need is for the leaders to be threatened by. To be threatened by. The and say, you know what? This, who, who, oh, let me finish. And we need them to be threatened by it to where they say, "Hey, this isn't going to happen again." That's why you had the, the mayor in Minnesota push for that officer to be fired right away. That doesn't usually happen. They usually get put on administrative leave, like the guy that choked out Eric Garner. And then a whole process process has to take place. So I'm just telling you, you're you're not gonna get every like you can go to Westmobile and, and burn this down or burn that down. That's not how racism works. They still not gonna care, bro. And again, that's not how anger works. You're not like I I don't know what exactly you're asking for or criticizing other than looting, which again I don't care when we're talking about a life. So I. Maybe we're talking about two different things. We're just not going to see eye to eye on this one. But, you know, I just don't think that causes change in Pritchard. Like, it, nobody cares about change in Pritchard. The people that powers that be. But it is what it is, you know, like. Westmobile don't care about changes in Pritchard. I don't care what happens. Because it's like not you, affecting if you, them. If you, if, you burn, if you burn down something in Westmobile, they're not going to be like, hey, we need to go fix Pritchard so they don't come burn our stuff. Like the, the tax, that's not, tech, that's not how taxation works. So they're not, Mobile isn't sending their tax dollars to Pritchard for nothing. So, so all they're going to do is they're going to beef up their police 
So now we're not going to be able to go in there and we're actually might end up getting killed more often when we go to Mobile because now they're going to increase their police presence to make sure that we don't come over there. That's so, how it happens. So they're they're gonna they're gonna create this buffer to say don't come to uh, Westmobile. So rioting and looting and Pritchard is the key in Tomaville. Who name one person who said that? Who said rioting is the key? I'm just saying, like I'm asking what, you, who said, said that? No, I'm I'm that's my something because what I haven't seen heard one benefit of that in our neighborhoods. And when I'm besides you, come and, on, and besides you, I, you release some anger. And besides what, you, release some and, anger. And what I'm retorting and, to you is, I'm all for finding a better solution while not caring about who loots what. But why would you? Why would you find a better solution if you don't care? Like if because, we don't care, because, we're not the, because the people the people who are looting aren't going to try to find a, a people like you who you said you never looted or rioted. We are the people that have to try to find a better solution. But until we do, I'm not going to care about the people who loot. And also, I think you're under this impression that a riot gets social medialy planned. No, it's it's a group of angry people that get together, tempers ball over, and all of a sudden, like Razio said, a window gets broke, people get a temper start flaring, and then all of a sudden, a riot breaks out. But it's not something that say, hey, hey, two o'clock tomorrow, y'all. Bring your rocks and bricks because we riding. That's not how it happened in Baltimore, man. And I already told you. I already told you how this stuff happened. It starts with this. We're going to march on the Capitol. And then it turns to a friendly protest. And then this turns into this riot. They don't even, they don't even happen like, like that most of the time. It just, they, it they just happens. They, they, it's not they, planned, bro. It just happens. They do. They, yeah. they, it, they, it's, they, it's Mookie walking down the street and throwing a brick. Like, and then so, no. so, 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 for so for Ferguson, so, so for Ferguson, you saw Facebook groups that said, hey, we're going to meet up in Ferguson and start riding. That's what you no, saw. But they, but if you go and guarantee there's like where people are meeting in Ferguson at the police precinct at five o'clock, five o'clock on Friday. Bro, we get That's that. We, we get that for the Capitol all the time. We're going to have 10,000 people show up. But you know what happens? Five people show up. It doesn't. It, true riots don't are not planned. It's anger that happens spontaneously, man. Okay, we can agree to this on agree on that. I'm just I'm telling you exactly I'm giving you real life incidents on how it happened. I'm telling you the, how it happens at the Capitol. I'm telling you how it happened in Baltimore. Okay, kids were getting off of that train. Police officers were already lined up. They start getting into it with the officers. One of them starts throwing a brick. One of the officers start getting over aggressive, and all of a sudden you got more and more people showing up for a riot. That was no social media group that said, "Hey, let's meet up and start rioting." That's not how it happened. I didn't say they said, "Let's meet up and start rioting." You said, "You say they, you say they, they, we're gonna start marching and all that." That's not how it happens. Okay. Okay. Yeah, most most protest organizers. That's one of the first things they say is, "We want to keep it peaceful." Yes, this is a peaceful protest. We don't want to riot. They try to control that. Like the thing is that that happens as an offshoot, and it's a minority of protests. So you can't be like, oh, every protest rolls into a riot, or every time that. we protest, you know, it we might riot. So let's protest only in areas. Most protests revolve around the area that it happened. We're going to the Capitol building. We're going to a police station. We're going to somewhere to draw attention to the thing that happened. And so if a riot spurs off of that, then it just happens. But that's not 
like Ryan said, that's not how riots start where you're like, oh, let's go. And that's why I said, if you are, you are thinking we're going to go somewhere so that when we riot, not if, when we riot, we can, we can mess up I'm, the CBS. Tell, I'm telling you, like, it, if it spins off, if yeah. it spins, if it but spins at, off, at, like at you that, said, you at have that these, point you're premeditating it. And no, again, you become an insurgency. You're, all, you're already set. You're already there. Like you, you just said exactly what happens. You have a protest, a protest organizer. They they set these things up. They get, up, especially something that's new and fresh, and people are angry. They come out there, police show up, and things spiral out of control. It all, to me, it usually starts off as a peaceful protest and spirals out of control. And it's not everybody; it's a few, and those few, to me, can take away from the bigger picture because. The rioting, the protests, and everything we've done up until this point have been ineffective. So, so you want you want a protest in a place that has no significant value to the thing we're protesting, just in case. So, you because, you want to plan a protest just in case we riot, instead of actually associating our protests with the thing we're protesting. Because marching like, down, I'm the just street, trying to understand. Because marching down the street in Tomaville is just going to be a bunch of the same people who hear it all the time. Me watching you march down the street in Tomaville saying they need to stop killing black people does nothing for me. I can sit on my porch and watch that and like, you're right. Keep marching. Who's your target audience? The the media. And, it, it, and, and if you're marching around Tomaville and not going to the actual precinct, then that's kind of stupid. But, you know, the thing is, and, and, I, and I blame that protest organizer for that, right? But most times you're not going to have a protest that just marches down the street. They're marching down the street either to the place of the killing, to the place of the responsible party, to the leadership. They're going somewhere to actually make a protest in front of something that, like I said, that's associated with that act. That's what they do. And so I, I don't see where a protest organizer is going to be like, yeah, let me let me take this to Westmobile when this person got killed at the the shell station on 45. I'm going to go down what, to Westmobile to protest. Well, downtown, like my whole thing is I don't want to get too stuck on location. My biggest thing was about looting, period, because I feel like looting takes away from the bigger it, it, picture. It, it does. And it's it, it, all right. I, I'll give you looting takes away. It does take away from the argument. And, and so that was looting, my point. Looting is stupid. It's not going to stop because everybody doesn't have the emotional intelligence. Everybody doesn't can't control their emotions or their anger enough. And 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 some people just want to make, make that come up if they can. So and, all of those people there, you're not going to be able to stop that. And, but, because and, the people that are rioting aren't the 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 conscientious like people that actually can stop it. The protest again, the protest organizers aren't the the ones that actually are are like us aren't the ones that's rioting. So those people are down there marching. Those are your MLKs. And those folks that's like, you know what? I'm throwing a chair, girl, I'm mad. Those are your uh, Malcolm X's. And you you need those every once in a while, bro. If you don't have those every once in a while, you're not going to get the play that you need on that peaceful protest side. Did I say not throw a chair? My biggest thing is I don't want, I'm tired of burning down our neighborhoods and fucking up our neighborhoods. And I feel like looting. Because looting, if you look up the definition of looting, is de- is stealing usually that cause that occurs during a riot. Like yeah, I don't have the, a problem the with riots. Yeah. Huh? I don't yeah, have a that problem. That is the definition with, of looting. I don't have a problem with riots. My thing is when you steal and you take away, and it's like, oh, 
they weren't really that mad. They were trying to come up. And whatever your rationale is, we already have an ineffective method. And then it doesn't need that many things to poke a hole in why this is ineffective. You're like, well, they can't really be that mad. They, they, they walked, away with a, walked away with a big screen. So, you know, they're over it. And then our neighborhoods are still I, messed I, up. So I, I just don't know why you think looting or not looting is going to make that big of a difference. If, if they didn't look, they, they're true racist people are going to always find a reason to not care and make excuses for it. So all this defending you're doing of looting, I, I just why, don't get it. So, so I, like you say, we just agree to disagree because even if there wasn't any looting, they would find something like, I like, do you not know how a racist mind thinks? Like they're going to discredit the right exactly. in general. They're going to they, all they discredit the protests. So let alone we got, like, we, forget the looting for a second. They're already making excuses for the officer that was kneeling on their brother's neck. You think uh, you're going to get through to those people ex- from not looting? Exactly. The thing about it is, GTF any other fuel to the fire. You continue to give them fuel to the fire. They're always so going to have fuel, brother. They always going to have fuel. So let's give when, them when, more fuel. When, when, it's not about giving them more fuel. It's about not caring about something as insignificant as, as looting. They're always going to find a reason. We keep, we keep bringing up Martin Luther King in this conversation. He, he is beloved now. Do you know what they said about him when he was alive? I know. Exactly. So what makes you think you're going to get through to mm-hmm. these people, man? Yeah. And, if, and, and, uh, and even with MLK, MLK never called out the rioters. He tried to calm them, but he never looked at them with disdain because he knew. He knew that that anger was swollen up and it had to be released or it was going to be released. That peaceful man was called have a I racial said, agitator. Have I said bottle up your anger? Like we're defending like, well, if you're going to be out there rioting, you might as well loot. Nope. Like, not, nope. It's, that's a it's, lie. That's not what we said. That's exactly that's that's not, what, that's why, not what we why said. Why are we defending not what we said. Like the whole thing's like, no, you know no, what? No, no, Go no. out there rioting. Because, do, because to there's, there's no reason to break it down to you. Simply as I can. You're going to have looting. At every protest, every riot, you're going to have bad apples that show up. You're going to have it. Point blank, period. We're not saying you should be looting. What I'm saying is I don't give a f- about the looting because lives are being lost. Okay. So we can do it your way and try to figure out a better way. But until we do, I'm not going to care about it. I'm not saying they should or that it's okay or it's the right thing to do. I don't care. I care about George Floyd. Because even if I was out there riding, I'm not trying to police the guy that's looting. In in the middle of a ride, I'm not going to be like, no, 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 brother, don't take that. We got to burn it over here. Like, it's a free for all. That's that's kind of what a riot is. It's that like it's it's not a war. It's not a well thought out like, hey, we're going to do this thing. It literally is free for all. Do what you want to do. Some people are going to be breaking stuff. Some people are going to be burning stuff. Some people are going to be stealing stuff. That's what a riot is. It's it's all of that combined together. So you can't start and throwing looting. Parsing. That's why it has a separate definition. Is looting is not rioting. Looting can come with rioting, but we'll spend I, all I, day I, on this. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. But you, you can you can parse that, but I'm saying is Literally, it comes along with it. The definition yeah, exactly. is that occurs when rioting. So like it's not looting and rioting aren't the same thing. Rioting is rioting, looting is looting. Yes or no? They are different for yes, they are different. Also, I mean, you, also, you, my you, definition. Also, looting I mean, is but, bad, by the way. Yeah, looting is bad. <laughs> is that the name of the episode? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Next subject. 
Oh man! Uh, oh man! I got so much bleeps to put in. We might just uh, mark this one explicit and put a disclaimer on the front of yeah, it. Yeah, that's my bad on that first part, man. Like, yeah, Byron, you set it up. Uh, uh, so, in keeping in the spirit of what Ferg brought up, I want to I want to bring up a um, and it, it's not specifically to George Floyd. It's about pretty much all of the killings that we see and the videos that get posted and things and. I see two sides to this every time something like this happens. You have the group, you have the one side that say, look, stop sharing these videos. You know, it's it's cruel. Think about the family, this, that, and the other. And you got the other side that says, well, it brings awareness. When you share the video, it brings awareness to what's going on and, and so that we can know that everything is not okay and we still have work to do. Where do you guys fall on, you know, the uh, the George Floyd's, the... um all of the other, you know, killers that are caught on video that people start sharing. Um, where are you guys with that? I say share. Um, yeah, I'm a, and, go ahead, first. I'll definitely say share just because I think about Ahmad. You know, like it wasn't a big deal until the video came out and it started going viral. Right. I guarantee, I challenge everybody to Google shootings in their city, police shootings in their city, and there's plenty mm-hmm. within the last six months. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't get vi- go viral, if it doesn't get media attention or whatever the case may be, it gets swept under the rug. Yeah, and so it it's a catch twenty two because I do want to respect the family. Another part, I think it's almost I call I call it mental warfare. Because as much as we share it, I think it hurts us mentally, too, because it's just it's another it's like another knife to the heart. You know, like it's like, man, I can't believe somebody else got shot. I can't believe somebody else uh, died senselessly. Like when I was talking to my guys the other day, I'm like, we always talk about police brutality. And we literally had two civilians gun a man down the street. So now I have to expand the story from police brutality to I don't know. I don't even know how to word it. Being scared of all white men in trucks or whatever. Like, I don't know what to tell you. And now it's, you know, they don't even have to shoot you. You know, I, you still can't breathe. It's like, it's so many different things that we have to discuss. So it's respect the family. I don't know if it's just hurting us too, because it's just constantly reminding us. And I don't know if you guys feel hopeless and helpless after watching these videos or seeing all the memes and the posts uh, throughout the week or whatever the case may be. But it wears on you. And I don't know if it's helping us as much as we think. Because it, I feel like it's hurting us as well. So. I'm just going to go back to, you know, what started the civil rights movement? Was it the uh, video? It was the picture of Emmett Till. Yeah. So that's what this is. It's. They don't understand because they don't live it like they they don't feel it. And until they see how often it happens. They won't understand. And so I think the videos. Is what's starting to show like this isn't new to us like this. We knew this was happening 
10, 15, 20 years ago. Like as black boys growing up, we knew this as black families. We had this talk Mm -hmm. like our parents and our parents, parents had to talk with their kids like it happens and it's been happening. The videos is what's causing society to see that it's happening. So if we stop sharing it, it gets swept under the rug again. We can we start now it becomes anecdotal. It's oh, I know somebody that it happened to. My friend's friend happened to. It is totally different when you see it. Mm-hmm. It's totally different when you saw that man sitting there, laying on the ground, calling for his mom. Like, like when you see that, bro, like I, I, I tear up now by just thinking about that. And so it, some of them, some of them, like Byron said, the, the minds of racists and, and not even just racist, because some people aren't racist. What they are are apolo- apologists. I, 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 I'd maybe put it there. Those people, you might not sway, but if you get one more person to come over and become an ally from that, every time we share, if one more percent starts to understand that's what's going to get us there. That's what's going to uh, get police reform, justice reform. Like we, we have to keep it in their face, bro. Cause if we don't, they're going to forget about us again. I, and, I, and, and that's my challenge though, is how many people are we turning? Because how many videos have we seen? Oof. And it's, and it's almost like, yeah. yeah, this is the one. There's no way yeah. they can get away with this one. Right, right. Like it's right there. He's screaming. He, they're seeing him choking, saying, I can't breathe. Oh, he walked. Mm. You know, if this, you know, a lot of us already think this is going to have the same turnout. Like, it's, you see it. Yeah, you converted one white person, which is good. You know, we need the out, we need allies. We need more people. We need more people on our side because we're still the minority. And to cause change, you have to be part of the majority. At some, You know, have to have the majority vote. But... At what cost? You- so, so I got a I got a part two to this question too. So I'm a, I'm gonna answer this first part quick. I'll just say I understand both sides because I think sharing the video it does bring awareness because sometimes people are living in a bubble and they yeah. they don't have an idea of what's really going on. They may hear bits and pieces about it here and there, but then they may hear the opposite argument like, well. He was a criminal. He was a thug. And, and in their mind, they're like, OK, well, then I guess it was justified. So I think you you stand a chance to reach those type of people. But I also understand the people that are against sharing it. And what I would say to you guys is just when something like a George Floyd happens, just avoid social media, because watching too much of these type of videos can bring you down. It, it can literally depress you. And, and have you feel and give you all type of negative feelings that you don't need in your life. And I get that. I try not to watch every time it happens, to be honest. I really do. So I get that. But I, the second part of the question I want to ask you guys is it does kind of seem like, and this isn't people that's just sharing the video. This is with like the media. The media seems like they don't have a problem with showing black bodies being killed. Like they, they, they'll give you the, uh, the, the disclaimer before they show the video, I want to warn you, it's very disturbing, but they still show the video. The few times it happens to white people, it seems like they'll say it's too graphic. We can't show you and they'll, they'll just describe it. 
Have you guys felt that way at all? Is that something you have thought about? Am I wrong about that? I have. And that's part of the reason I was talking about the mental warfare. Like it's, it's so, there's so many things that subconsciously happen to us. You're seeing another black person laying dead on the street. Not just, it's not even a picture. It's his last moments. When is the last time you watched a white person die? In real life, on camera, we see this. This is our norm. We have seen people take their last breath. Yes, now this white lady understands and sees what's happening to black people. But man, how many black kids just saw this man die? You know, Scarface, I never seen a man cry till I seen that man die. We live that. We live it all the day. I can't even watch the videos anymore. I've seen people die in person being a soldier, being a medic in, in the war. This stuff has that same effect on me watching it on a video. And it just it just it just keeps picking away at us. And I get it. Like, we got to share. We got to make them aware. But at the same time, it's, I think it's it's killing us inside. And, you know, maybe they'll repost it and say that's messed up. But, you know, are they going to do something about it? You know, because, hell, a lot of us don't do anything about it. So what do we expect them to do? Yeah. But at the end of the day, they saw this black man die. That's sad. That's messed up. You saw the black man die. Man, that could have been me. Man, that could have been Rosie. Man, that could have been like, and you see it. And it just, it, it, it's, killing, it's killing us inside. So, I mean, it is. Angry Ferg's off. I'm done. <laughs> Rosie, you got some? Uh, it's on me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you, you didn't answer the second part. About oh, it is the, on me. Yeah. What was the second question? <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I'm... <laughs> Basically, basically, uh, have you have you noticed that the media is okay with showing black death versus white death? Yeah, yeah, um, I I do. I I have seen it. I mean, I've noticed it, and and we talk about unfair media coverage in so many things, and it's this is just one more of them. It's the same thing with how they portray the deceased, right? It's the same way when the cop kills the person, I don't care if they are a straight A student and everything, they're going to pull up the time that they got caught shoplifting from the convenience store at six years old. They stole their Snickers bar. Like it's, They're going to find something to smear the person. Whereas if it's a, a white victim, they were all American, you know, a, a Great player, I, like man. You got what was his name? They, Brock. They do that for Brock white killers. Literally, they do that for white yeah, killers too. Yeah, <laughs> like like Brock raped a girl behind the bar, you know, next to the try the dumpster. They pled guilty to it and still gave him like six months, and they never said that he was a rapist or anything. As the media, they were still talking about how he was such a good swimmer <laughs> and all that stuff. Like that, they are going to paint them in a positive light. And until we get, we talked about, I, I can't remember who's talked about. We had you, you, Byron, you were talking about, we got our Don lemons and everything, but we don't have the producers. We don't have the executives until we get that. 
then we're not going to have that. It's just not going to happen. They're going to protect the 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 ideas and the, and the virtues that they have uh, in their minds. And and so, you know, we we talk. I I, I posted at one point that there's a a new black news network that's starting. Uh, and I don't, I don't think it's launched yet. That's the only reason why I haven't really shared it, but we need to go check on it and we just need to start trying to find news networks that look like us, talk like us, sound like us. I, I heard somebody talking about, do we need to go ahead and go back to segregating ourselves and se- self-segregating? Um, you know, I had friends that talked about, do we need to start gentrifying? They were like, is it gentrification if black people do it? Yes, it is gentrification, even if we do it. But uh, with that, like, do we need to start doing it? Do we need to go back to our neighborhoods and push back money into our neighborhoods and create a new Tulsa, create a new Black Wall Street, find areas that we're going to we're going to become our pocket? Do we need to go and incorporate our cities again or go back to those cities that are incorporated that are black and make sure that we push money back into those and start businesses there? The problem with that is. Until we have disposable income in those areas, we're not going to get the corporations and the the targets and all the nice stuff that we like um, by being people with some money, a little bit of money. Like it's hard to go back to those areas where there's a food desert. Oh, and one other thing, another way to protect your uh, your your mind and your mental state: stop following people like Candace Owens and 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 Tommy Lauren. Like I, every time something like this happens, people like, you know, share what they had to say about it. Like by now, you should know what they're about. So if you're following them now, then you like you just asking yeah. for punishment. Yeah. 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 But he, when people share that, be like, oh, Candace Owens says it. I'm like, hey, like, 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 why I don't you, care. Why you give her like, like why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Na- name one thing you've agreed with. That she said, but I mean, but not even that, but it's like, it's just the raw video itself is enough to be detrimental to your mental health itself. So Buff, what are your thoughts on that though? So I, I got to give a shout out to Erica Cooley. She's the first one that even like mentioned it. I think it was a brother in Cincinnati. I want to say he was on a, a college campus and the officer just, I f- forgot what exactly transpired, but the officer wound up shooting the brother in his car and they were showing it on the news and she was like, she was the fir- first one that I can recall that said, you know, they have no problem showing black people being killed. But when it comes to white people, it, it's always too graphic or they can't show it. They need to start respecting black bodies more. And this was like several years ago, man. So it's just something that I've thought about constantly. And I got to agree, man. I, I agree. They don't. Like yeah, they, they say, you know, it's, you know, difficult to watch and all this stuff, but they still show it. Is it a necessary evil? Like, like we said, some of it, does it need to be seen? You know what? It, what? it, it probably does. Cause we distrust so much in this country to where they, you know, think about the videos that they haven't released that they say only, you know, the police department can watch and all that kind of stuff. If we don't get to see it, then, you know, you know how we get. We ought to we automatically start throwing conspiracy theory out there. So I think it it, it may be a necessary. I don't know. That's a, that's a tough question, bro. I don't know. Roger, what you got for us? So, oh, this is a heavy, heavy episode, but 
I don't feel like I want to lighten it up. Um, I, I guess we need to go ahead and go for it. So y'all know we I talked about Uncle Joe in the beginning, and we we're talking about how we can try to fix some of these, these things and ride and everything. And you know, Uncle Joe had his his uh, interview with Charlemagne, Charlemagne the guy, Angela Gee, guy. Dang, uh, Charlemagne. Charlemagne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Charlemagne the God. Uh, and, and so Charlemagne, after the interview, when Joe was like, you ain't, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Uh, Charlemagne came back and was talking about this whole hold the vote. And so there's a new hashtag out right now called pound sign hold the vote. And they're basically talking about how Black people vote for Democrats. I think it's like 70, 80% of black people vote for it. So they pretty much know that they got our vote in the bag. And so since they do, they don't tailor their platform to us because they pretty much take our vote for granted. So I want you guys' opinion on pound sign holding the vote. Do you think we can actually create a voting block that would change somebody's platform because Republican or Democrat, any other platform does not care. It does not matter to me because it's not viable on a national stage. So can can us holding the vote change the uh either or one of the platforms? Well I think my answer is gonna be shorter than yours because you're the political expert buff. So I think first of all, I need you to say hashtag not uh pound sign. Pound sign. Pound sign. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's, oh, that's, that's 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 step one. Uh, <laughs> step two, but oh, uh, you know, hold on. I'm not up to date on pop culture, so I didn't know. Part of me was like, did they switch it back to pound sign? <laughs> so if they have, my bad. If that's still cool to say, but step oh, no, it's two, hashtag. I'm just old. But step two, I think so. But I think we're too far in this political process, this election, to try to make that strategic move as a collective um, and the the stakes are so high because what is the fault? We know, we already know what 45 is going to do. You know, worst case scenario, we get stuck with him. You know, we get stuck with Biden. Like what are our real options? I think we need to start implementing that on a local level because once again, I think the local level is what affects us the most. And where we can be the most active and start having spreading our political wings and making a difference, because as you said at the beginning of the show, the DA and all those people are, and the mayor are the people that we need to have in our corner um, before we get Trump or Biden on our side. So, man, people are gonna roll their eyes at me this episode. So, our last episode was called "This Too Is Because of Slavery." I'm going to change it up a little bit and say this, too, has a lot to do with racism. And I say that because you're not going to get either party to completely cater to to what we need and what we want and what we deserve without offending white people. And so until we eradicate, like we're never probably going to totally get rid of racism, but until we really put a dent in it, then the Democrat Party is going to only give us but so much just to get us to try to come out and vote. But at the end of the day, I don't think any party is going to dedicate themselves to the black vote 
because anytime anything seems like it's helping black people, people criticize it. So like when we get handouts, it's called welfare. When they get handouts, it's it's like it's applauded. It's like, okay, that's that's what we stimulus. That, there you go. It's, it's a stimulus. So, you know, um, like like we our, our first uh explosive topic, you know, when we riot, we're a bunch of thugs and whatever the case, when they riot because the Detroit Red Wings won the Stanley Cup, that's acceptable. It gets shown on Sports Center. Oh, look how happy these white people are. Sports enthusiasts. There you go. <laughs> Revelers. <laughs> so I, I say all that to say that, you know, racism has a lot to do with it because as many people know by now, the Republican Party used to be the party of black people. And then, you know, people felt like, hey, you know, they, they're catering too much to them and, and everything flipped. You know, Republicans started catering more to uh, Dixiecrats and, and, and Southern white people and the Democrats say, okay, well, let's scoop up these black votes or whatever. It made Strom Thurmond switch parties. So until we address racism, we're not going to have a political party that dedicates themselves to us. And I also agree with Ferg too, that if, if that say I'm wrong and that's what we want to do, it's certainly too late to do it in this political cycle. And so yeah. what, what you're going to have at the end of the day is you're going to have other people picking leaders that are going to dictate how your life goes without you having any say so whatsoever. And that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I, I think that makes sense in your primaries when you're picking a candidate that has a platform that may align to you. Um, but once it gets to the general election, it, it's we're not a large enough voting block to really make a change in that that general election, uh, unless we all literally all 14 percent of us say we are going to vote and we're going to vote for the other guy, unless you actually say you're going to do this thing. That's not going to happen because the other part about this is black America is not a monolith. And so I this idea that every black person wants the same thing just isn't going to happen i mean there there are core things that we want because we just need them right i mean equality <laughs> you know to be treated the same uh to, you know but the same way we're fighting for that women white women and black women are fighting for equal pay you know what i mean so it, it's everybody's going to have to fight for something and everybody needs a bump so to say we want an entire platform just it, it's outside the realm of possibility because they we don't have a large enough voting block to form an entire platform around us. We may get a line item in that platform and we have to understand that that might be good enough because just like we want a line item, the the women want a line item. The LGBTQ uh, community wants a line item. I mean, the Hispanic community wants a line item. Everybody needs a line item in that platform and it can only be so big. And like you said, Byron, when the the when they start to considerably affect us and say that they're going to affect us positively for some reason, again going back to your racist, they feel like they're losing in that. Uh, and 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 I'm going to be the realist and say they are. That's true. The, the 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 thing about it is, I mean, this these folks, I've seen these ideas about oh, it's not pie. 
equality is not pie. It is pie. <laughs> it definitely 100% is pie. There is a finite amount of resources. And for us to say we want more of it, somebody else is going to get less. If we want that job, somebody's not getting it. And so when they, when they, that, that whole, they're taking our jobs thing, we can say they're not, but they, as in us minorities, are taking those jobs. Every job that, a, a every, especially every professional job that a black person gets is one less job that a white person would have got 20, 30 years ago. Let's be honest about that. So, you know, we, we have to understand that they're going to push back and they're going to fight back because they are losing things. And, and we got to understand that. Yeah, I mean, and I always say that. <sighs> what, are you, what are you about to say, Buff? Well, I, I, I guess the premise of what he said is true, but I disagree with the wording. They're, they're not losing. It's just that as, as Thanos wanted to do, the scales are being balanced now. Okay, because about- because all of those black people that wasn't getting a job that that were more qualified than the white person that got a job, if a white if a black person happens to get a job over a white person, that's helping tipping the scales back to what's fair. Because oh, I'm I'm good with it. It's definitely karmic. I'm just saying. Yeah, because there's only, there's only so many <laughs> there's only so many jobs. So if there's ten positions open, and they hire ten people and nine of them white, one is, one is black. And there was a a tenth white candidate. He didn't get the job. They can't they can't create an eleventh position just for him to make it and, even fairer. And, and, and also, and that, so, that tenth white person is going to have a lot more opportunities than the one black person yeah, that didn't that, get that, that job. That that, could, mm-hmm. that may or may not that that may be true. Yeah, or that is true. But at the same time, they get they get the job. So I always compare it to finances. So I say you have a company that has a budget of two hundred thousand dollars to spend on their two employees. Rizzi is the white guy. He makes $125,000 a year. Byron makes $75,000. And and I have the bright idea, like, you know what? I've been unfair this whole time. Byron, you deserve the same amount Rizzi deserves. I can't pay both y'all $125,000. So, Rizzi, I'm going to need you to take that $25,000 you have and give it to Byron to be fair. Riser, are you giving that $25,000 up? Kicking and screaming. They will not replace us. Even if Riser ain't giving up. But think about it. Even in best case scenario, Byron, Riser, you know, you know what? You're right. I shouldn't take your t- 25000 I'm just going to find another 50000 and give Rizzi, I mean, Byron, a $50,000 raise. Rizzi, you're at HR. What happens when I give Byron a $50,000 raise? What are you thinking? <laughs> I get an EEOC complaint. Because you deserve <laughs> about, what? <laughs> about how I unfairly gave him a $50,000 raise and didn't give me one. Like, that, that, that's what we're going to hear. That, but that is, even though you're, you're level setting it, it, it's... But that's, I'm, I'm losing in my mind because they gave out raises and I didn't get one. That's racism in a nutshell. It's if you give one, something to one person to help them along and I'm not getting a part of it. Oh, now it's reverse racism. So you're always helping these black people. You know, I need money. I got kids. I got all this stuff. So it, it, it's, it's I get it. We got to find a way to change it. I see why they fight against it. But, you know, it's it's almost a moral thing like they 
and until people just realize that immorally and the setbacks that they've that other people have and the advantages they have that is only fair, you know, is never going to be a change. And yeah. there's always going to be pushback. Because until until you can get them to actually admit white privilege, they're never going to give it up. Even if they, because they don't even see that they have the privilege. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why it feels like to them they're super losing. It's not just a moral, hey, I'm trying to balance the scales. It's I'm losing because they don't see the privilege already. So they're like, oh, no, I'm not. My scale isn't on a better. Uh, I'm not on a better playing field than them. And so anything to help us get to that level playing field, they're like, oh, no, they're trying to get them to advance before us. Yeah. So, well, I mean, you guys did the whole job scenario thing, holds some truth to it. But a lot of the other things, I don't think like, again, when we get a handout, how it's viewed versus when they get one. But. Great uh, perspective that you brought up there. So all good. All All right. All right, fellas. Well, it's almost that time. I don't know if they're going to say we're angry. I'm pretty sure I'm going to have a lot of people upset with Ferg uh, this episode. Nah, they don't. So be it. I guess I think you guys get mad at me every episode anyway, so it is what it is. But it's that time to take it on home, fellas. What's on your mind? Let's close it on out. All right. So first off, uh, let me apologize for all the profanity at the beginning of the show, not just to Razio, who edits the show, but uh, to the listeners, because you guys trust us to not, you know, talk that way. We want to be a podcast that you can listen to in front of your kids. So I do apologize for that. Second, we started off the show. We're talking about money and, you know, we talked about some deep, serious stuff throughout the show. So I want to kind of bring it back to money. And Razio, you can comment on this this is like a right or wrong move. But, you know, for those of you that are considering your kids future and their financial status, you may have opened up a savings account and we all know savings accounts, they don't keep up with inflation. So, you know, some, sometimes it can be argued that you are losing money with money just sitting in a savings account. I got the bright idea of opening up a brokerage account for my daughter It's in her name. So social security number, I'm the custodian of it. I bought her some stocks or whatever like that with it. But it's hers, uh, I think, until she turns the age of 21 that I can't even, like, take anything out of it. I can only put in. I think that's how it works. I'm not exactly sure. But look into something like that if you've been considering what can you do to really set your kids up for the future. And like I say, I'll let Razio, if he wants to, comment on the, the end of that as well. But just wanted to end the show on a more positive note because of all the deep stuff we talked about no man that that's definitely i i I think you ran that by me when you were thinking about it and and you know i was i was right there with you when you uh talked about it definitely buying ownership of a company for your kid is much more powerful than say putting 20 30 dollars 50 dollars in you know a savings account um and so if you have it to just kind of dollar cost average and put that money in every month, it is a perfect way to do it. Even if you're not buying individual stocks and you're just buying a, a mutual fund or something for them every month. Um, there there are some mutual funds you can start with as little as $50 to start and $25 a month. So it's not something that you have to put a whole lot of money in. Now, you know, that's not going to grow that much. But if you start when that child's two, three, four years old, and you're putting money in there and it's growing slowly and you're putting uh, $50, $100 a, a month into that uh, account, 
it's going to grow and they're going to walk away with 10, 15, $20,000 when they're 19, 20 years old. Um, so definitely that, uh, the other thing I, I talk about is a five, two, nine plan. It's a great way to put money away for your kids and save up for college you use that money for college expenses and it comes out tax free. So not only do you get tax deferred growth, but you pull the money out tax free. So it's a way to get to not have to pay taxes on things. So and you can use it for more than just college. You can use it for uh, trade schools, secondary uh, education, things like that uh, and private school, actually. So you can use it before. So if you want to send them to like a private high school or something, you can use your 529 plan for those things as well. So that's another way to really kind of sock away some money for your kids. Uh, so then when they uh, turn 18, 21, they can walk away and be ready and really set up uh, for the future. That's dope, man. That's dope. Uh, I like that. We have a 529 plan for both of the kids and I'll look into the brokerage account as well. Um, Rizy, you got anything you want to say to the peoples? Nah, man, I'll, I I do want to call out... Um, UA a little bit. You guys know I've been setting up the scholarship fund for uh, Jenica Kimberly. And so just going back and forth with them, I didn't know how hard it is to give away money. (laughs) 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 But, uh, you know, setting up a scholarship and really making sure that it's going to go to the people you want it to go to is actually really difficult. And, And I was surprised at that. So if you want the school to administer it. So I've been going back and forth and that's what's taking so long. So I just wanted to bring it up for the listeners to make sure I'm still working on it. So I haven't forgot, I haven't taken the money that you guys sent uh, that's still sitting there waiting to go into the scholarship. Uh, And hopefully we'll have the memorandum of agreement finished up and within the next month or so it'll be ready to go. And I can actually announce that it's ready. And, and then anybody who wants to continue to contribute and things like that can, uh, but I'm still working on it. That is dope, man. That's super dope, man. Well, I'm going to leave it with this. I think I've been angry. Was that was I angry for it today? I, I kind of blacked out for a sec. I, I used passionate. I, I, passionate for it. Yeah, okay. yeah. Byron okay. was angry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have mentioned Tupac. I, I, I do, Once I, do I mentioned passionate. Tupac, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to leave, leave us with this. You know, we always talk about, you know, what we can do. And I talked about being, feeling hopeless and helpless, you know. And a lot of times during this period, we always be like, well, we need to get ready for a revolution and all that stuff. And, uh, I don't think most people are ready for a revolution. So I challenge people, if you're not ready for a revolution, start a a small evolution in your community, like small doing small things that you can, you know, take advantage of. And so here are some things, you know, I've been researching what I can do to be more helpful in my community. You know, I already mentor and stuff like that. Also looking at joining some different things going on with the police. Like there's, I know Houston has a, pretty much what they call almost like a citizens police academy where you get to kind of go through training and understand some of the things the police are going through and building a relationship and being able to sit on special committees and through things like that. So research things like that in your neighborhood. Also, we brought up things going viral and that's when you jump on, keep an ear out for the things that are going on in your neighborhood and voice your opinion really. And then find out if you need to get into local politics, if you need to get into local thing, become an activist in your community. And 
another thing is just start dialogue, you know, and we talk amongst ourselves a lot. But we're talking to we're preaching to the choir, as the old folks say. So getting that dialogue to your coworkers, you know, maybe making them feel uncomfortable and really challenging them, having other people on social media that don't look like you and having going into their conversations and voicing your opinion and creating a dialogue without it turning into a shouting match. So with that being said, you know, I talked about white silence, you know, we got to also have some white allies who are willing to help us. So with that being said, I want to do a shout out to um, two young ladies that I, that I've grown to admire over the last year or so. And we always talk about the Karens. I know everybody knows who Karens are. You know, they're the white ladies that are always calling the police on us. So that became a, a ongoing meme and gif and all that stuff. Well, I say we need less Karens and more Sue's and Susanna. So we have a coach, Sue, who is uh, heavily involved in the Houston Omega Lamplighters here. One of our biggest supporters and Susanna Hendricks, who's a classmate of ours from John L. LaFleur, who actually has had some things to say and post and had some of the unpopular opinion amongst her her friends sometimes and sparked dialogue that me and the brothers have jumped in on. So I commend you two, you know, for doing what you're doing. I know uh, Coach Sue oftentimes talks about challenging white privilege and acknowledging her white privilege and saying that she has to use it to her advantage to expose wrongdoings and challenge other people with that same privilege to acknowledge and challenge theirs as well. So Hats off to you, too. So less Karens, more Sue's and Susanna. So with that being said, three brothers, no sense. Anybody want to take it? Y'all still don't know? Listen, like, comment. Share, subscribe, and, and listen again. Yeah, Close enough, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> he just gave us an attaboy. <laughs> That's a good one, man. This is a long episode. We might end up having to uh, do two. I can't. Once only an hour and 30.